Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today we're chatting with Elliot. Elliot is a life coach, but I thought it would be kind of different to see the perspective of the male life coach and his energy is just, he's just so energetic and so amazing and the fact that he became a life coach because he himself needed something. Um, So many times I hear a lot of teachers say that they are actually like burnt out on teaching and that's what he was doing. But now you can see the passion and the love for what he has and what he does. And the fact that his wife's a business coach is is the perfect opportunities for each other to coach each other. So I really hope you really enjoyed this episode and you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today I'm joined by Elliot and Elliot you call yourself a high performance coach. Now before we get into that tell us who Elliot is besides being a high performance coach. Oh Melissa I just want to say thank you for allowing me to come into your platform and then to share about who I am and what I get to do. And I just love your intro where it said where you mentioned you got support from your family and I just want to start there right. Me I am first a husband to my wife and a father to my two kids. And that always didn't come up for me first, right? It was maybe like middle of the conversation, later towards the end of the conversation, that would come up. But now I'm like, no, that's what I value. That's what is uh, important to me. Um, So that's where I would love to start and and say that. That's who I am. I love that. I don't know. We had actually had a chat before we came on and you talked about how you did a little research. So I want to know, did you actually were able to see the episode or listen to the episode where I had all three of my girls on. I did not. Oh my gosh. I have to go. I'll go back and listen to that one. <laughs> it was, I think it was like episode 25. It was like one of the very first episodes I did. And they, I happened to have all three of my girls home. They were in the house. I was out here in the block cabin and they were had on their computer and I was out here. So it wasn't in person. I never even thought about doing it that way, but okay. yeah, they were on. So just listening to them, you'll see a whole new experience with them. Okay, definitely. I'll go back and listen to that episode. So you say you're married and you have two kids. So how old are your kids? I have a, te- a 12-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. Ooh, your, your son, you're going to be okay through teenage years, but the daughter, I'll be praying for you because I have three <laughs> girls. I went all the way through teenage years with the girls. Ooh, they are not fun times. And and I've been I'm told I've been told right like enjoy these times because right now I know they still want to hang around mom and dad and they still want to be around mom and dad and pretty soon it's going to be a uh, kind of leave me alone I just want to hang out with my friends or have some me time and be by myself and um, so I'm I'm enjoying it I'm loving every second of it and um, it's I wouldn't trade it for anything else. 
And then once they get older, they want to come back around. And yeah, totally. Them. Yeah. So, so as soon as you get through those teenage years, they're your best friends again. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit of a rough patch there, right? So Yeah. Just don't uh, write them off during their teenage years. Yeah. So what made you decide to become a high performance coach? It wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. No, it, I didn't grow up thinking that. I didn't, I didn't even know much about the coaching industry until I got into it. Um, you know, I, I come from a background of an education background and an athletic coaching background. Um, I spent a lot of time coaching high school football, uh, coached some youth soccer, coached some uh, college football, and that was my extent of coaching. But I didn't know much about like the life coaching industry and um, that sort. So I just I, I kind of fell into it. But you know, I say that I've been preparing it for uh, my whole life to what I'm doing now. So. Um, and I love every second of it, and I enjoy it a lot. Now, you do have a really amazing story. So do you want to start your amazing story of how coming from a country that was war-torn and how you grew up? So you want to share that? Yeah. Um, so going back, I guess years now, <laughs> um, my parents escaped a war-torn country and were refugees and uh, immigrants to the U.S., and um, came here with just a backpack on their back, right, with my three older siblings. Um, and then for me, I was a, a year after my parents were being in the U.S., then that's when I was born. So I was born here in the, in the U.S., born and raised here in Minnesota. And my dad was a entrepreneur himself. He um, started his own small business. He was kind of like the the person that my family and relatives kind of looked up to and said, hey, this is a person of wisdom. Let's go to him for answers and solutions. And after being in the US, so, you know, seven, eight years or so, my dad was able to start his own small business without money, without knowing the language, without knowing the culture. I, I look back and I was like, how did, how did this guy, how did my dad start a small business by himself? And he, you know, they're like crowdfunding before for crowdfunding, right? He was able mm -hmm. to go and to the relatives and say, hey, can what do you have available so that we could start up a um, grocery store? Right? So he started up his own grocery store. And not too long after that, you know, a few years, I want to say three years, and then he passed away in a tragic car accident. Um, he was the breadwinner. He was the one who was making money. And my mom was a homemaker, left to raise seven kids on our own yeah. with the equivalency of a second grade reading level. So I had a, a pretty, you know, rough and challenging upbringing. Wow. And what made you decide to escape? Because in your bio, you talk about you, you're not letting your past dictate your future. Yeah. Right. Uh, being, a, being raised by a single parent, um, you know, raised, being raised, raised in a, a poor community, right. In the projects. Um, and not allowing that to, because one or one or two wrong decisions or bad choices, mm -hmm. I could have been in a gang, could have wouldn't have done drugs, wouldn't went that route, been locked up, maybe impossibly, you know, dead. Because I know people um, from when I grew up to who are locked up, who are dead, and who are not doing things that they would want to do. Um, and at that time, I I wasn't looking at that and saying, why is my mom? always on my case why is she so hard on me why is she always on my back like can she just like let me breathe 
And now I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad she was hard on me. I'm so glad she pushed me. I'm so glad she was always on my back and telling me, do not go out. You can't stay out late. Come back home. All of this stuff, right? And I was like, oh, there's a reason why she knew what was what the path that I could have taken. And here I was thinking, I'm ed- I'm more educated than you. I'm smarter than you. I know more than you, right? But it was that wisdom piece. She was more wise than a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old teenager thinking who was like, oh, I'm ed- I'm more educated than you. I know more than you. I don't need to listen to you kind of thing. So have you ever been able to have a conversation with your mom and say you were right? Yes. And I, yes. And, and I have told her that and, you know, uh, bless her soul as well. She has passed as, as, as well. Um, but luckily for me, I did have that conversation with her because this was in my twenties and I look back, it's like, why was she so hard on me? And I was appreciative of it and let her know that as well. Saying, hey, I, I may have said things or done things and didn't appreciate then, but now I do because I could have gone down that road. Um, I could have gone down doing something else that would have led me to bad places, bad choices, um, which I didn't. So I, I was thankful for that. So all this, all your background and everything and going through and doing coaching, the football coach, education background, what led you to life coaching? So this was, I was on, I, I knew I had I had good jobs and you know finished college and and all of that so I was like okay now I thought that you know finish school in my early twenties get a job start my career in my thirties forties working in in fifties sixties retire and be done right so here I was in my thirties and I was like oh my gosh I do not have my career figured out I do not I'm not in a job that I enjoy like really enjoy and here I was married my kids were just were still young at that time. And my marriage was on the rocks because I kept searching for that more. And it put a stranglehold on my relationship with my wife because I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what, uh, where to go, what to do. And it was on the brink of ending up in a divorce, which would have been not so good with for me and, and my relationship with my wife and my kids, right? So, um, I came upon coaching, went through coaching myself. And at the time I thought coaching were for people who were in crisis mode in some kind of uh, emergency where they couldn't figure out things on their own and needed the support of somebody else. And luckily for me, that's when I came upon high performance coaching and it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing my whole life. This is that more that I was searching for and me going through it and then now seeing myself, like me being my, my first client as well, like right? self-coaching myself and just seeing that and the power and the magic of what coaching is or can be has been such a game changer for me. Yeah, I'm a big proponent on getting coaching because I don't know how far back you went into listening to how this came about, but Chats in the Blog Cabin actually came out because I was working with a mindset coach and she did a free challenge. And one of the things was she was giving points and like it was a contest and people were like winning. They were going to win at the end of the, I didn't know what we were going to win, but we're going to win something at the end of the week. 
And one of it was go live and talk about one of your values. And one of my values is relationships, friendships. So I brought a friend on and I hate being in front of the camera. I have huge anxiety, hated it, would not go live to save my life, would not do it. But I said, you know what? I want to win that challenge. I got live the next day, went live with my friend and it, it, it stuck. I, it, I just, it, I got bit by the bug, I guess. And then boom, now I'm doing this. So that's how it all came about. So I'm a firm believer of coaching for sure. Yeah. And so am I, right? Even now I'm a coach. I also still get coaching because I know I'm not, there's always room for me to grow. So in order for me to serve my clients, like I have to still work on myself as well. Right. So then be able to provide the best service for my, the clients that I, that I get to work with. Yeah, I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in it. I I push it, and I said I would love to say everyone, like everyone, should get coaching, right? Everyone should get coaching is what I would say. Now you talked about your marriage was on the brink when so you went to your wife and said, okay, I'm gonna get, do this coaching, this life coaching. What did your wife think? Uh she it was more like okay, if you feel like this is what you need to do, then just do it. Right? She, it, it was supportive, but also like kind of. Um, just do something, right? And because I kept, I, I I didn't stay in jobs long. It was like maybe two years, and I was like, okay, this is not for me. I don't I, I don't have that that passion, or I don't have that waking up every morning to like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go to work today. It was more like just a job, right? And I, I just kept jumping from from job to job, and I just couldn't find it. And she said, if you do want to do this, then just go all in and do it. And I was scared. Mm -hmm. Even before taking that step, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I just want to say, so what happened is I was at a live event, four-day live event, and first two days were awesome, like mind-blowing. Uh, the room was rocking. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this environment. I love being around these group of people. Uh, the energy here is just awesome. And the coaching program was offered. So I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. That is something I want to really do, right? Day three, morning of day three, I would not get out of bed. Of the hotel room. I stayed in bed. I was crying. I was in a fetal position. I was defeated and telling myself, I cannot go there. And because I said, if I went there, then I would have to make that commitment to taking that step. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was afraid of, cause I didn't know what would happen next. I didn't know much about the coaching industry. It's like, oh my gosh, this, I, this feels right, but I don't know much about it. And I was one who um, in the past was like, I need to know what's going to happen next. I need to know um, what potentially will happen before I take that next step. And somehow, some way, I'm a music person. I love listening to music, not playing music, but listening to music. And I put my headphones and music started speaking to me. And I just told myself, okay, let's just get dressed. Go immerse yourself in that environment again and see how it is. Got dressed went down, was in that uh, environment again around thousands of people. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I decided to come. Because within that first group that we shared, we broke up in small groups and we shared. And I, we, I shared amongst like five, six people. And after sharing, one lady pulled me aside and said, you are the most inspiring person in this room. And I said, what? Me, like telling myself, out of thousands of people here, there's speakers, coaches, authors, all of these other different people that I've met in the first two days. And telling myself, I was like, 
you're asking, you're telling me and I'm also an inspirational person here. So I just asked her, it's like, you know, what is it about me that you say that? Right. She just shared, you're being open, you're being authentic, you're being honest, and you're just being yourself. You're being real. And I was like, wow. So she really helped champion me and push me to take that next step. And I was like, okay, this is this is that sign and and taking that next step. So I took the next step. And it's the best investment I've made in myself and uh, no looking back. So why do you think people have a hard time being authentic and being real, even with themselves? Because growing up, I was told, right, this is what I was told, fake it until you make it. And I was living by that. And I was faking it until I make it. People asked me things. I would pretend I, even if I didn't know it, I pretend I knew it. Um, and I was just faking it. And that was so hard to try to keep track of. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard to try to keep track of. I don't know what I've said. I don't know what I've done, but this is not serving me the best. And, and then I started, I was like, okay. Because I I was afraid of what people would think of me, right? That if, mm-hmm. if I didn't know something, that I was being judged. But now I'm like, if I don't know something, I'm going to go find out the answer. I'm going to ask people because I'm wasting too much time by trying to figure things out or by trying to keep those uh, lies, I guess I would say, right? in line. I don't know what I told to who anymore. Instead, here I am, I'm just authentic and real. Just be, hey, I don't know that, right? Even coming from an education background, when I was being a teacher, it's like when a student came and asked me something, I thought I would need to know all the answers. But then I realized, no, I did not. If a student came and asked me if I didn't know an answer, I would say, no, I don't know. But you know what? Let's put our heads together. Let's go find out who does or find the resources for that answer, right? And and now I'm more um, along those lines. I was like, okay, if I don't know something, I'll tell you I don't know, but I'll help you find the resources or I'll help you find somebody who knows it. I'm just not gonna leave you alone. Yeah. Like I like you, what you said, I'm not gonna leave you alone. When did you have that aha moment that, okay, I need to go find the resources instead of fake it till you make it? Oh, that wasn't until, that wasn't until I got went into coaching. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I went through coaching myself, I started realizing it was like, oh my gosh, all of these years it, into my 30s, and now I'm just realizing this now, right? It wasn't that I wasn't being authentic and real then, but I wasn't completely authentic and real. It wasn't It wasn't 100% in the past. And now I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing. This is that that more that I want, that I've been wanting, because even having kids now, right? I have two very impressionable kids that look at me, even though we as parents don't think that they're soaking everything we're doing and saying they are, right? We are their role models. They're going to act the way we do, repeat the things that we say. So now I'm so glad that I went through that so that I can be that role model for them. And I can be that person that they can come and talk to or ask questions about and I can be real with them and it's okay to say I don't know it so that I can role model that for them and if they're in that situation they can always say or they can say as well they don't know something and go and ask right so um, I'm glad that I was able to go through that myself so that I could role model model that for my my two kids. Now what do you say to them when they, they ask you daddy what do you do for a living? 
<laughs> How do you explain it to them? Because I know the uh, whole thing about life coaching is kind of out there in the air. A lot of people are like, life coach? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. And luckily, my son is into sports, so I can kind of use the, the coaching analogy, like sports coaching analogy with him. Uh, for my daughter, I had to break it down a little bit. She's not into sports. So I had to break it down a little bit more for her about, hey, as a coach, I just get to help people to figure things out, right? To If they have certain questions, they have, they're not sure of where to go, what to do. I just kind of help. It's, it's a do with you. Right, kind of like I'm not gonna teach you something and then just let you go do it on your own, right? To so do with you. So I kind of use that as one of my um, verbiage that I use with my daughter, so that she could kind of understand it a little bit more. Now, what kind of clients do you work with? At first, I was like anyone and everyone, right? And then I started using no, 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 no. I I'm not here to serve eight billion people in this on, on this planet. I was like, no, no, no. Um, so it's People who want to get to the next level, people who feel stuck, right? People who are saying, hey, I, I, I'm here, right? I'm at this level, but I want to get up here. Like, how do I get there? And what are steps that I need to take to get there? Okay, so give us an example of somebody that uh, that you would work with. Um, so, so high performance is um, being a high performer doesn't necessarily mean that you're a, a C level, a C suite level executive, a athlete, or anything like that, right? Your teacher could be a high performer. Your stay at home parent could be a high performer. Um, so, I just wanted to set that clear, saying no, just because you're in this status doesn't mean that you're just high performer. Anyone can be a high performer. Um, so, in particular, just what high performance is is performing at high levels or exceeding those norms, right? And maintaining it over the long term. Right? That's what high performance is for me. And if you're able to put in these habits and implement these habits so that you can maintain it over the long term, you're a high performer. You are living your dream, right? You are enjoying the life that you get to create for yourself. And so for instance, I, um, for example, one of the clients that I am working with right now is somebody who is a um, an executive, and she is a hard worker, high performer. But she's like, I don't. I'm so busy. I don't have the time in my day to read, and I want to read. I want to find some time to read. I want to spend two hours reading because I just love reading and enjoy reading. But my schedule is so busy that by end of the day, I'm so tired and exhausted. And I said, okay, how did you remember? What did you use as a reminder to get on our call today with me? She said, I put it in my calendar. It was written in my calendar and it was there. So I, remind, I reminded myself that way. I was like, okay, can you schedule in reading time in your calendar? She said, oh, I never thought of that. I said, okay, pull out your calendar right now. She said, right now? I said, yes, right now. Let's look at tomorrow. She opens up to tomorrow. I said, does it need to be a two hour block or can you break it up? She said, just as long as I get my two hours in. Um, so luckily for her the next day, she was able to get in two one hour blocks. And then I said, okay, let's flip to the next day. Next day, and then next week, the following week when we met up again, she's like, oh my gosh, such a difference it made in my schedule when I scheduled in that two hour time block or that for two hour time to read. I didn't know that I could do that or I didn't know that that was something that I could do 
as a yes, right? Just being intentional for time and putting it in and saying, hey, I need to block off this time so that I don't leave it up to chance to say, if I have time at the end of the day, I'll read. If I have time, then I'll do this, right? So she was just being intentional of her time. And that was that was awesome. She did all the work. So um, I gave her all the credit for that. Now, what do you say for people that aren't really, because I'm not a big schedule person. I don't go by time schedule because I, because there any given day, you know, different things can happen. So what do you, how do you deal with clients who are not a big time scheduler? Well, I would say, what is it, what are your priorities that you need that are must, right? Throughout from day to day, what are those daily musts that you need to do? Be it meditation, working out, journaling, reading, what is it that are your must? Because those are the things that are going to have to go on your calendar for you to be able to do them. Or else mm. by the end of the day, you're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. Or somebody else's agenda becomes your agenda, mm. right? And now you don't get to read. You don't get to journal. You don't get to uh, do those things that are important to you, right? Everybody doesn't have to block out their whole schedule, calendar, whatever. But what is it that are your must that you need to do on a daily basis? And those those have to be scheduled in or else they're just going to, might not happen, right? Because um, like you said, we, we get so busy uh, with our schedules during the day. Now, do you suggest... Ha- having those happen at the same time every day or squeezing them in wherever you can on your schedule? No, no. Yep. Squeezing it where you can, right? Unless you're one person who's like, oh my gosh, I need to do my journaling in the morning because that sets me up for the rest of my day. Then yes. Then that, because you want to set yourself up for, to have a successful day, right? Uh, Meditation, right? Meditation for me, I've tried it in the morning, middle of the day, end of the day. And it works out better for me in the middle of the day. Because then I get to recharge and re-energize, right? So mm-hmm. finding, there's not a one-size-fits-all for this. It's about what do you do that best suits you, right? I've, I have clients who meditate in the morning because then they get to start out their day with that meditation. I have clients who meditate at the end of the day because then they get to, they they fall asleep better after they meditate. Fine, perfect. Like what what works for you won't necessarily work for the next person and vice versa. So find out what works for you and go with it. I love how you were talking about that. And a lot of, um, I know a lot of coaches talk about having some kind of routine in the morning and some kind of routine at night. You advocate that as well. I do, but I won't push it. Like say you must do this kind of thing. It's again, right. Just what fits you. Sometimes it's, if it's one or two things in the morning and it's five, 10 minutes, like, Hey, if that works for you, that works for you. Right. If that sets you up for the rest of your day, Perfect. Um, you know, some do gratitude writing in the morning because it works for them, or some do it in the evening because then they get to end their days uh, with the, their gratitude piece, right? So, what is it that that piece that that works for you and, and finding that harmony, right? I like to say harmony because um, I try to I try to go away from go away a little bit from this balance, right? Because there's really no uh, such thing as that balance. But I say, mm-hmm. hey, just find that harmony because someday it's a um, 60% and some days 75% and some days 10%, right? Just finding that harmony within your day to fit in what you want, right? What what you need to finish your day or start your day with. So what should people look for in a coach? Oh, I love this question. Yeah. Uh, first thing is find somebody that you connect with, 
right? Because there's so many coaches out there, so many people who are specialized in uh, mindset coach, uh, transformation coach, uh, whatever their specialty is, go and have that initial strategy call or discovery call or whatever that first call is, right? And make sure you're connecting within, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, you should know or have a good feel of that the coach on the other line, right? That the, the coach that you're working with. And even though now you say, oh, you and I connected and you're my coach and I feel good. Even after session one, right? You sign up, you've coached with them. Even if you don't feel right, speak up, right? And say, hey, this is not working. And a coach, a good coach would say, okay, if it's not working, what is it that's going on? Figuring out if there's something to work with and not, hey, we could just cut ties and don't take it personal. And and we both go our separate ways, right? Because as a coach, you also want to work with a client who you connect with, who you know is going to do the work, right? Because there's there's work to be done here. It's not, you're not coming in, I'm coaching, I'm telling you what to do. No, a coach is there to help guide you and challenge you for you to continue to show up as your best self. Um, that's what a consultant does, right? A consultant is there to tell you what to do as mm -hmm. a coach. A coach is only there to guide you to where you want to go. So I would say one, find somebody you connect with. Two, find somebody who's going to challenge you. Somebody who's going to tell you things that you might not want to hear. Yeah. Right. As a coach, I'm not here to be your friend. Right. If we make that connection and say we become friends, sure, awesome. But first and foremost, I'm here to serve you and I'm here to challenge you so that you can continue to be your best. Have there ever been a client that you just like, yeah, it's not going to work out? I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. During the strategy call, right, during that discovery portion of it. And, you know, just say, this is not, this doesn't seem like it's going to be a good fit for me. And you can get their opinion on it as well, right? And I always share with them why and why I feel that way. Um, because it's it's a relationship that we're signing into, right, as because the, the curriculum that I have is a 12-session journey, right? So if I'm going to work with this client for the next 12 sessions, I'm going to have to be have that relationship, that connection with them um, to be able to work with them for the next 12, 12 sessions. So what do your 12 sessions go into? So we really go into um, clarity, um, influence, energy, courage, productivity. Those are like the main pillars of it and then the towards the last portion of it we'll do more into like uh persuasion productivity purpose like what what do you serve um what is it that your purpose is and finding that out um and then by you know week week 12 is it's a the commitment to living uh this high performance journey because it's not an overnight success type of thing it's a lifelong right i like uh, i love telling people hey this is a lifelong journey Right. You're going to be living as, like I said in the beginning, high performance is about maintaining it for the long term. Right. Because we've heard of people who are working 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks and they're crushing it. Sure. But is that maintainable over the long term? Right. If you want to have healthy relationships, if you want to have your health and wellness. Right. So just trying to find that harmony of saying, OK, what what is it that you're doing in your career that you're crushing it? you're, you know, and you're working those 60, 70 hour work weeks. If you want to have healthy relationships and work on your health and wellness, 
what is it that's working there so that we can apply that to these other areas in your life that are lacking or are not as strong. Yeah, I love that. The way you can take, they apply something to one part of their life and see if they can apply it to the other because they already have the tools in that one part, but they just wouldn't think of applying it to another part. How many aha moments do you get that with your clients? Oh, and and that's why, that's why I enjoy doing what I do because I already say people are unique. People are already awesome in their own ways. It's just digging a little deeper or taking that step back Right. And, and looking at it from a 10,000 foot view and saying, oh, you are already crushing it this area. What is what is it that you're doing in this area that you're crushing it? And then they will talk about it and be like, OK, is that so you could apply to this th different area? And then like the light bulb comes on. Right. It's like, wow, I did. And, and we're so blinded by that because we're too close to that situation. Right. And that's why I still get coaching as well that we don't see it. And then mm -hmm. when our coach mentions that and points that out and then we're like, oh yeah, you're right. I, I already noticed, I already have these tools, these concepts, I just need to apply it in this area, in that area. And and that's why I enjoy doing what I do when, when they get that, that, that moment. So how often do you change coaches? I know you said you get coached. Are, have you, are you coached by the same person that you started coaching with or no? Uh, yes, I'm still getting coached by the same coach that I started with. Um, and this is like round three of me coaching with the coach that I'm coaching with. In two wow. different areas, though. Two different areas. Wow. Yeah. And so you take what you learn from that coach and apply it to your own life and then help your clients as well? Or how does that work? Yes. So uh, one, I, she, I'm working with, uh, do mindset work with her. Right. And then I apply it to myself and apply to what I'm working on. And then I get to apply that to um, the clients that I work with. And not saying I apply her concepts, right? But I apply it, what I've learned myself through the coaching that I've gone through. And I'm able to serve them at an even greater capacity. Wow. So. Why did you decide, though, to do coaching? Why? Because, I mean, a lot of people think out there coaching are like, oh, they're going to tell you what to do with your life. And, you know, a lot of people aren't. It's be it's becoming more common now than when it first started out. But why did you decide that this was for you? Yeah. And like I said, right, when I went through it and I realized that I was myself, I was my first client, right? I was doing self-coaching. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What I've been missing is a coach right in previous previous years if i had a coach a coach would have done this and helped me guide through this and that's why i enjoy coaching so much because then i'm able to give back and serve people who are going through a, a similar struggle or challenge and just feel stuck and not sure where to turn or or who to go to and just me being able to provide that guidance and saying okay you and being okay with where they are, right? Because you only know what you know, right? I tell my clients, you only know what you know. So, me holding, where do you want to go ultimately? Like, what is that big dream or that big goal that you have, right? Okay, what is that feeling that you have? How would it feel like once you get there? And I'll kind of hold that for them. And then going back to the present day of, what is the next action you could take? to work towards that goal. Let's not even look 
action two or three or four. Let's just look at the next step. What is the next step? Because that's the most important step. What is the next action step that you could take? And if they come up saying, okay, X, right? I'll take X step. Then the next question would be like, okay, is that aligned with where you want to go? Is that aligned mm-hmm. with that big dream or that big goal you have? And if they feel like it is, okay, if you feel like it is, take it. Right? Don't worry too much about what's going to happen, what's going to happen after that. Don't worry too much about that. Let's just take that step. And a lot of times it's the right step. And there are times where it's not. But that's okay because now we know we've taken it and now we'll learn from it, come back, look at our other options, and then go through that whole process again. So when you, after you went through coaching, I want to know the reaction of people that knew you before you started coaching, <laughs> before you went through coaching, and after you went through coaching, their reaction to the change in you, because obviously there's a change when you go through coaching. Yes, yes. Very funny. Even my family, right? Those, that's like my siblings. Like I said, I, I come from a bigger family. I have six siblings. And just me sharing that with them and me talking in a different way. And like you mentioned, right? And, and just showing up differently. At first, it was like a, huh? Like, what is going on? What is this that you're doing? Uh, and then the more I started talking about it and the more I just started using that type of language, they were very supportive and they said, oh, this is, we can see you doing this, right? But then I always felt like I wanted to coach and needed to coach people, but I told myself, stop. I'm not here to coach everyone unless they want to be coached, right? Unless they have a question, sure, we could go down that road. But at first I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to coach you through this. I just want to walk you through this right now. But if people aren't ready to take that next step or say, hey, I want to get coaching, I just can't openly coach and work with them, right? And even more so my family because I wanted to coach them so much. So they oh, my gosh, I just want to, like, push this play button and coach you right now. Then I had to take a step back and said, oh, no. If they're not ready for that, that piece, don't do that, right? Just talk to them as a brother. Talk to them as a sibling and not as a coach. And don't go down that road. And if they're open to it, um, then I can take that step, right? So that that was the adjustment piece of, at first I was super excited about it, just wanted to coach everybody, but then realized, okay, taking a step back. Everybody's not ready at that level to say, I want to coach and I want to be coach. So I just took the step back and said, okay. And being open to, if they're open to it, take that step. If not, just be there as a friend, a brother, uh, sibling, um, un- uncle. So. so have you coached anybody in your family? I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've had talks, right? But I haven't sat down and like coach them through um, a series of things, right? We might have like a conversation about it and, you know, like coaching topics come up or coaching uh time comes up for me and I, I might say a, a few things, but I won't go in depth with coaching with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, uh, I don't really want to go into it because he's going to be coaching me all the time now. No, we don't want to. Nope. Here comes Elliot. Uh, we're not going to talk about anything around him because he's going to be coaching us. Right. <laughs> yes. Maybe my wife. Right. So my wife is a business coach and, and we even told each other, we are not going to coach each other unless we asked for it. 
right? Because there are times where we'd be talking and we would say to each other, are you coaching me right now? Are you coaching me right now? <laughs> and then we'd take a step back like, hold on, am I coaching you right now? Uh, I might be, but let's stop there because then we don't want to get coaching, right? We're here just to have a conversation. Um, so, so even with my wife, we have to uh, check ourselves a little bit there when we have conversations. That's got to be hard with you being a uh, high-performance coach, a life coach, and her being a business coach. Wow. Whoa. I can just imagine what your dinner table conversations are like. We have to be very in touch. Oh, our, our kids like our kids get it. Our kids get that uh, the brunt of, of our coaching sometimes. So. <laughs> They're going to be the most well-coached kids in America, right? <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> So was your wife a business coach before you started the, the life coaching or no? Yeah, she was a business coach before I started the, uh, the high performance coaching. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's but, the reason why she supports you so much is because she sees the difference it made in her life. So the business coaching. So maybe. Uh, that. Yeah. And and also since I've got coaching and, and doing what I'm doing, it, it's changed our relationships so much as well um, for the positive just because of the type of conversations that we could have. Um, I'm I'm more uh, present in our relationship, right? I did, I took that for granted and didn't realize how uh, much I wasn't present in our relationship. And now if I were to have a conversation, I would drop everything, right? And not try to work on my computer and have a conversation with her at the same time because that wasn't serving me well. So I would stop what I'm doing and give her my full attention because there were times where I would nod at her. And then an hour later, it's like, did you remember what we talked about? Nope. Not, an, not a clue. <laughs> and that didn't serve me well, right? So I was now like, okay, just give her time. Or say, hey, I'm not, I, I, I can't talk to you right now. Give me five minutes. Let me finish what I'm doing, right? That, that's, that was another piece of it. Wow. That seems like you're a better communicator now, too. Oh, so much better. But there's still room to improve, right? There's, there's still room to improve us so much better because I can communicate because I'm listening to her, right? That's, that's the big piece about communicating. We think it's about having this verbal, this verbal conversation with people. No, we need to listen as well in order to have a conversation who is on a receiving end just wants to listen to us. No, we also have to, it has to be a back and forth, right? So. Yeah, that is so true. Now our time is almost up. Is there one little nugget that you can kind of share about, Anything that you do or anything that you want to share that we didn't touch? Hmm. So there are people who I work with and, and they're like, I don't know what my purpose is, right? I don't know what my purpose is. I, wa I walked them through a quick framework. It's quick. Um, since my my name says something E, uh, I have this alliteration of E's that I use, right? This quick framework. So number one, um, what is it that you get emotional about? Right. What is it that eats at your heart? What is it that when you see happens, you're just like, oh, my gosh, that just gives me such a heartache. And then number two, what is it that you're excited about? Right. What is it that brings you joy? What is it that brings you excitement? And you're willing to do it even if you didn't get paid kind of thing. Right. And then number three is what is it that you are exceptional at? Right. What is it that your your skill, your whatever skill level, what is it that you're exceptional at? Because if we have a passion for stuff and we're not exceptional at it, we're not good at it, then it's gonna be hard for us to excel at it. Um, you know, I'm five foot six, I could say, I wanna be the best basketball player ever, chances are it's not gonna happen, right? But there's also a skill there I could learn. I could be a coach, 
I could be a basketball coach. I could do other pieces with it, right? What is the skill that I could get exceptional at so that I can work on my passion towards, right? So again, what is it you are um, getting emotion about? What is it you get excited about? And what is it that you're exceptional at? And walking through that quick framework, it gives people a better idea of, oh, okay, that gives me a better idea of what my passion or my purpose is. I love that. Exceptional, emotional, and excited. I love yes. that, the ease. And I love that, the way you said, you, since your name starts with E, <laughs> Elliot, I love that. <laughs> so tell me, um, where can people find you? Yeah, they can go to my website at uh, ElliotVang.com. That's Ellie with two L's and two T's, okay? Vang.com, V-A-N-G. And, um, you know, I have a tool on there, a guide that they can kind of print out and um, help guide them with their daily intentions, right? Just who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up today? Uh, what is it I'm looking forward to today, right? Things that they can ask themselves, quick daily questions to kind of help uh, lead them on a more intentional day. And if they decide they want to coach with you, you do Zoom call coaching or do you coach anywhere, people from out anywhere, or you just mainly in um, Minnesota? No, anyway, and that's, that's, so even though we suffered through this pandemic, yes, we've had loss and people have lost loved ones and family members, right? But the great thing for me that has turned out from this pandemic is that I'm able to connect with people halfway across the world. And I have, I've served clients that are in different parts of the world that I would have never visited, right? But then that's a great piece about this is that I'm able to connect with so many different people and uh, help serve them and guide them to, so that they can show up. Um, so long, uh, a long answer to your question. Yes, I do coach over Zoom. <laughs> I love that. So, Elliot, thank you so much for coming on and clearing up more about being a coach because I think there's still a lot of people out there that are like, "What is that?" The people are like, mm, "It's kind of, kind of like little iffy, sketchy stuff," you know. So, thank you for clearing that up. Yes, I would say give it a shot right? Just give it a shot, right? Try it out. So like I said, Elliot, thank you for coming on. And guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Thank you, Melissa. Bye. Wow. Elliot was so energetic, so much fun to hear his story and to hear about what his mom went through in being raised by immigrants to this country and being just basically, you know, having to come so, overcome so much when he was little to where he is now. It's amazing. He knew firsthand that his job was not fulfilling him. Now, I'm not telling people to go out and quit their jobs, but I am telling you that life is too short and that you need to find some place that makes you happy. I've floundered around for a while to try to figure out what made me happy. I actually was teaching as well, and for a while there, it made me happy. But when the bottom fell out of my world in 2014, I decided I needed to change. And that's when I started blogging full-time. And then the past year during COVID, I started this Chats from the Blog Cabin. So you're always, don't settle for less. Always step out of your comfort zone and try something new because you don't know. You may like it, you may not, but at least you know you've tried. With that said, thank you for being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating or review wherever you listen this to listen to this on. And please, if you're on YouTube, go over and subscribe to Chats from the Blog Cabin. Give me some thumbs up. And as always, have a blessed day. And remember, keep chatting. <laughs>